And it's another bonus episode, and uh, this is Tyler, and uh, I'm all by myself, not really. I have an amazing guest. <laughs> I don't know you know what, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Um, not bad. <laughs> podcasting 101, just be alone. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> we have an amazing returning guest. Uh, we, we spoke before New York Comic Con. You're over yes. on the uh, East Coast, Mr. Yep. Mr. Dr. Leonard Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's no. amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I just saw the Terminator t- the trailers coming out this weekend. I know. I just, I, yeah, I was, I was ragging on it for a little bit. but I, And then someone said to me, he goes, wow, you're being really mean about the trailer. And I go, look, the difference between me and you is I'm actually the one who goes to see it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited about it. And they're like, you're going to go see that? I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. So anyway, I, 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 I have so much more faith in it than I did for like T3 or uh, oh, yeah, anything else. Like, yeah. like yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I think like no matter what, by default, this will be huh? at least the top, like in the top three Terminator films. By default, it has to be. <laughs> you, you got Terminator, then you got Terminator Two, yeah. and then you got everything else. <laughs> so, exactly. Yes, yes. So, so you know, what? So. Well, and, and that's all. That's all I care about. As long as it's, it, as long as it's at least third best, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, and I, like, I really like the director Tim Miller. I think he's actually very talented. To be honest with you, I think he's. Uh, I think I've, I've seen him speak on stage. He's a very gruff guy, but he's very smart. And I, oh, awesome. I like that. Yeah, and, and his, his casting to love him. Like, they, they loved him when I saw him on stage. He was so, I saw him in uh, San Diego for T3, and he was, he was very articulate, very, had a very good sense of, like, the actual, like, you know, says this is what Terminator fans actually want. So I think it might actually be a good return to form, actually. So I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited. Yeah. I could also be very disappointed, but we'll see. You know, but that's I don't true. Think so. Yeah, yeah. I was excited for Terminator 3 and then Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yes. well, we are here to get a, a post, like a, a post New York Comic Con update because your play, Ditko, yes. not only did it have its run uh, in your state, uh, uh, Massachusetts, no, wait, where, where are you? Rhode in? Island. Rhode Island. I'm in Rhode Island. <laughs> in, in Rhode Island, but it also yeah. went over to New York's uh, Comic Con, right down the street from New York yeah. Comic Con. Yeah, so, yeah. It was, I mean, it was. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. I couldn't even begin to tell you. Um, it was, um, it was, it was so cool because you know you get to see a lot. Of, I like to say that you know I always feel like in Rhode Island I always have like an audience because my mom will come. Uh, <laughs> she'll bring her friends or something. But, but it's kind of cool. We do have a different audience here, which is really cool. But you never know when you when you do a show in New York what's going to happen, basically. And um, I've done two shows this year in New York, and um, this one was probably the most successful show I've ever done in my life. Actually, really, I'm not. I'm not even saying that lightly. Um, did you have I to turn? That... Did you have to turn people away at the door? We did actually, which was kind of sucky. But uh, yeah, you know, but, you, know you know, people with Spider-Man costumes. Like, I'm sorry, guys, tickets are on sale. So. Did it? Did it suck? But also, kind of feel good, like just a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were uh, doing our tech on Tuesday. Uh, for, just before we opened, we had a, we had a tech, uh, a tech rehearsal, and people were coming up to the door trying to buy tickets at the door, and we're like, we're you know. And so the theater owner was like, "Look, people are handing me twenties. What do you want me to do?" And I'm like, "Just take it. Whatever. We have seats, you know." Just yeah. Then, uh, then we realized we were like, "Oh my god, we had a we had a waiting list." And I was like, "Guys, people show up. I have to, you know." And then at a certain point, I just had to turn people away. I was just so, it was cool, but it was also very exciting too. Yeah. Um, and we had some 
what was really cool too is that we had some comic book industry people who I thought had either you know um, got out of comics or died, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, they came to the show. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I have uh, so many questions because of um, you know after we talked the first time, you know, you talked about how there could be some special guests who were there. We'll we'll get yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get there to a, in a second, but um, yeah. I want to know. So with the with the Rhode Island run, it ran for yep. two weeks, correct? Uh, we ran it, well, we ran it two weeks last year. We only ran it for a couple nights this time around. Okay. Um, it, one of the reasons was was because I, I actually wasn't going to do a Rhode Island run. And I'm like, well, then it's kind of it's just a way we can make more money anyway. Yeah. But it's also a way that um, so I, I also like the idea of, too, that we did something once if you didn't see it. But I'm like, well, maybe people didn't hear about it last year and whatever. And Rhode Island went, went pretty well, too. Um, you know, by that point, people had the opportunity to see it in Rhode Island. Um, the New York run, I, it was unprecedented. It was just like, I, I just, we were just selling tickets. And I'm just, at a certain point, I started laughing. So I'm like, you know, you always hope people come and enjoy the show. But it was the, the acting, the everything, the, the lights, the acting, everything. I always like to see a success being, um, being something that you, it's not necessarily um, whether or not you sell out. Because I've sold out a lot of shows. And I'm, I'm very happy with a lot of the way they've, they've gone. Yeah, I've never had any everything just land so perfectly, and having such a complete experience with the actors in New York City because New York City can can be a, you know, when you get up there, a lot of times it's always a good time, but there's so many things going on. Yeah. Um, but I'm also I also felt very in control this time too. Like I felt very like you know, I like to it was so much chaos going on. Like literally we were, you know you you know you've done San Diego too, so you know we're we were like literally five minutes from the from the convention center. We get out of our performance. You know, the actors are seeing, like, Rob Liefeld and, like, you know, Todd McFarlane. They're like, oh, my God, you know, like, walking by. And then Ben Templesmith and stuff. So it was really kind of neat because, you know, um, in one sense. But, um, yeah, we um, we basically just had, like, in there were just people that – there was somebody who actually I think I, was, I became friends with, actually, who knew, knows you, actually, too. Oh. <laughs> A guy named uh, Dave Baker. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Baker came to my show, and, um, and yeah, him and uh, Nicole. Uh, I can't pronounce her last name, but she's wonderful, actually. Nicole do a Go? No, it's not Go. Yeah, yeah, Go or something. Yeah, yeah, Go or something like that. I don't know how you say it, but she's she's a wonderful artist too. Yeah. And I'm, when I went to New York, when I went to the comic convention the next day, they grabbed me, and I'm like, they're like, oh, Lenny. I'm like, hey, yeah, you recognize the guys? Like, we came to see your show. I'm like, oh my god. And then they had a table. It was like so cool. And then I said, oh, we're friends on Facebook. He is a very Dave Baker is a very 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 talent, talented man he is oh, unbelievable and she is as well she is un, she oh, is yeah. a very 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 talented woman in person and amazing oh my god yeah so i i brought up their comics and i'm like oh my god like they you can tell that dave has such a love for comics and just has respect for the form itself and his book i, I read their book one the, the first book i think they did together and what was funny was was that um i didn't know i didn't never met dave before but I actually have some of stuff that Dave has done. Yeah. Um. Like, uh, I don't know if you, like, like, have you seen Shitty Dark Night? He does stuff like that. She's yes. done stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's like, oh, you're so good. I'm like, I've actually bought your stuff. So it was really kind of a cool, you know, other people like that too. Uh, one of our guest stars who was in both shows was actually Bob Wysick. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was our, he, you know, he's in Walt Simonson. He's done some art himself. Um, you know, Bob is probably not only a great anchor, but he's an amazing performer. And you'll never he has a voice for radio. It's fantastic. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so successful that we're going to be doing it again next. Well, not Ditko, but we're doing something else again next year in New York. So that is uh, awesome. Well, yeah, yeah. okay. So let let's talk about the performance. So yes, 
you guys had your your couple days in Rhode Island, and yep. I mean, you guys were all over the all, all over the geek news. I mean, I mean, yeah, um, yeah. what was it? Uh, comic book? Uh, was it comic book resources or comic book? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I saw several um, yeah, awesome yeah. articles, which is a phenomenal, and I'm so happy for you. What's really cool is that um, Newsarama and Comic Book Resource have become very supportive. Uh, now that we're doing Seduction of the Innocent, they actually posted another article for us. That's and, great. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, and the editor there, uh, Chris Arant, who's amazing, he's like, just send me your stuff. Just send me it to me. And then, like, literally, like, 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, he actually, he actually did, did something with it. <laughs> um, which is amazing. Which you don't get that often. Usually, I'm like, hey, I gave you a press release. You know what it's like. And then all of a sudden, like, 20, yeah. you know, like, like 20 days later, you're like, did they ever, hey, did you get that? Oh yeah, my family's been sick. You know, we went to Iceland or something. You know, like, <laughs> and like the the, 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 the dodge, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but, but it's fine. Whatever. I don't. I don't get mad or whatever. But Chris was like, "Yeah, I'll do something for you." And then literally, he's like, "Done." I'm like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Send me pictures if you got it." I'm like, "Oh my," which I still have to do for seduction and the innocent. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really an excellent. Um, it's really been an excellent. Uh, oh my cat's trying to get out. He's like, I don't want to hear this guy talk anymore. Yeah, so we, we, we're getting a lot of press. What's really cool, too, is that we're doing another one next year. Uh, not Ditko. I can probably tell you what it will be in a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're doing another one next year, and um, they're, literally, they're literally send us all your news. And it's not even like – now, keep in mind, I've tried for years to get these people to get my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, here's a ramble. We're doing something. They're like, yeah, cool. You know, it's like I never heard back. But now it's like, you know, I did a Charles Schultz play, and, like, you know, I couldn't – couldn't get arrested but uh you know um but now it's like it's almost like the floodgates have kind of opened and i'm on their list yeah it, it could be because i'm not sending for my aol anymore i'm not sure i'm sending for my gmail so that might be it <laughs> 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 i thought about how could too. you turn your back on the aol after everything it did yeah, for you i'm kidding like, <laughs> I'm just... not real whatever <laughs> so, so i'm sending my press releases from there so it's been pretty fun I, but, I don't know what yeah. it is when i got a gmail i felt so liberated <laughs> yeah I, I, Here's the thing, though. For my personal stuff, I still use my AOL. And every time I, every time I tell people my address, I get, <laughs> you must be old school. And I'm like, I didn't, now keep in mind, I haven't gotten, I didn't get an email from myself since until 2009. So um, I, I actually used to type my, my plays and my screenplays on an old word processor until wow. 2009. Yeah, so I have stacks of papers uh, that are upstairs and like like little folders. I've actually converted them all into like uh, files and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it took a while because I was like, oh my god, I got ten years of plays I haven't like, you know. But 2009 was like my first my first uh, AOL, and I was like, you know, and I kept it, um, <laughs> which has been great. And people and I so every so often, yeah, I get people like, it's gonna go soon. I'm like, any day now, you know. But still, three years go later, soon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so what do you use now? Do you use Final Draft? Uh, I actually don't use Final Draft, actually. Really? Um, I don't use any playwriting software. So keep this in mind. You use Word? <laughs> so, so I drive some of my directors nuts because I don't use uh, Final Draft. I don't use um, – I actually sit there, and I actually sit with the, with the computer, and I actually do the margins myself. And I do all the margins and all the things. The reason I do that is because – and I used to do it on the – believe it or not, I would do it on a typewriter if I could – I I feel like, you know, back in the day, back when they were doing, like, older screenplays, they never needed that. And it makes what you're doing more precise, I feel. Okay. Um, it sounds weird. You know, it's, it's like... Um, it's it's like not pampered. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I talked to an artist, um, like, you know, like, well, you know, um, I was listening to Neil Adams. And he said the thing, too, that they, they have a Wacom tablet he does. Like, you draw online and everything like that and do everything on a computer. Yeah. He's like, I never want to do that because that's not how I learned. I never learned through, like, Final Draft, and I uh, never did anything like that. 
So I, I've always, I've always just done margins myself basically and try to learn oh, by wow. performance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just find it. It's much more fun, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, it feels like a, it feels like an art that's kind of gone away. I feel. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, I so, definitely yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like we've become too comfortable and saying like um, Final Draft is one. There's another one out there called Celtics. I think it's free or something like that. It used to be free, yeah. not anymore, unfortunately. It's not free anymore, really. No, it's a pain. I think I got yeah, one. Right. D- I don't know. I-, I stopped using it. So. Yeah, it's funny because I have uh, I have a screenplay that's being shot right now that I wrote really quick this summer with uh, my my pal Rich, my pal Richard Griffin. We go back and forth, and I would format it for him. You know, basically just. You know, we got a screenplay going from that way. You know, it's like I don't. Um, it's shooting right now, actually, and they're shooting until like December, I think. Oh wow! And, yeah, yeah. So I have, I and we have another one shooting next year, but I don't. I just can't get into final draft. I think I'd be lost, actually. People <laughs> look, it's so easy. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just you're making yourself lazy. And like, I always get to tell people too, it's not going to make you sit down and write because you have final draft. You have to actually sit and do the work. <laughs> so, That's true. It's so yeah. true. Yes. But, um, jumping back onto uh, Ditko, though. So with Ditko, um, you know your, your cast and everything is now disbanded. But um, yep. but bef- like so, um, where did you kind of where did you find the cast and uh, what are they doing now? Well, that's a funny story. <laughs> so, um, well, it's, so I like to say this is the year I've never I haven't stopped doing anything. Uh, I mean, stopped doing I haven't stopped at all this year. I've been going like like full tilt. Um, so we did Ditko and I did a fundraiser for the theater. I'm part of the board on and I wrote 22 short plays. Yeah. And it went on last Saturday night. We did like a, a reading of it. 22 short plays. We had a full house. Uh, but most of the, I say most of the Ditko cast returned for that actually. Uh, if not all, I think, I think most of them were, I'm trying to think, maybe, no, I think it, I was thinking about, I think most, I think all of them were in it, actually, now I'm thinking about it. How um, many How many people were, are in Ditka? How many characters are there? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, there were two missing, that was it. Um, There was uh, 12 people in the cast, actually. Oh, wow, that's a big cast for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, they originally, I mean, I've done casts, I've taken cast in New York, they've been much as, like, uh, 17, I think, was my limit at one point. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a trip, that was fun. Um, but, yeah, so they, they're local actors. Um, some of them are, some, I, th- I think a couple of them are in Seduction of the Innocent, actually. Um, the guy who plays Stan Lee's in Seduction of the Innocent, oh, which is really that's great. Awesome. Um, and the guy who played, what's really funny, the guy who played Ditko is actually my technical director, actually. So we're, we were, I saw him last night. Um, <laughs> we, were, we built this, we, so yeah, this is true. So the guy, so we built the set last night, we're building the sets. And uh, Derek, uh, Derek, Derek um, is amazing. He's actually in the film that I've written too. So even if I'm not working with them directly, I'm working with them somehow. <laughs> That's great. I'm like a miniature Satan. I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I work. I mean, I work with. I I like to say that I never precast my shows, but it always works out in a kind of um, cool kind of. I don't. I mean, depending on how you want to look at it spiritually. Yeah. Um, it always kind of works out in a really cool way that life kind of directs you to. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been good though. Um, the guy who plays Stan Lee though. I'll tell you, there were people um, who knew Stanley came to see the show, and like, my God, it was like he was alive. And oh, it was that's like awesome. Yeah, if you read the reviews, uh, Jeff Jeff did an amazing job. My my friend April um, commented on that, and um, my friend George, who works for the New York Times, he said he had Stanley on his machine, uh, on his answering machine, and he didn't delete it for the longest time. And he said when I when he heard my actor, he thought that it was actually Stanley. That's um, amazing. It, yeah, it was it was one of the most amazing. That's like the greatest. Like that, that yeah. has to be like like the greatest compliment for like any yeah. actor. 
it was it was amazing. And now we we had people who knew Steve Ditko, came you know knew him and stuff like that came to see the show. Um, it was it was just a very positive experience for the most yeah. part. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you couldn't if you were ever to encapsulate three days of my life into like one like you know perfect every moment going extremely well kind of thing. That I would say that was probably one of the best best like few days of my life. It was unbelievable. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I also I also like to say that my you know you have to keep your best work ahead of you too. So yeah, uh, and that's why I'm working on seduction now so heavily. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will learn a little bit more about that um in a second. But uh, so who were all the guests who stopped by and did, what and what happened? Was there a Q and A? Did they do, give a um, speech? Did they just do? An, did they intro the show? What happened? Um, there was no Q and A. Um, one of the things that I, we were going to do a Q and A, but I always find that a Q and A always leads into um, sounds kind of weird. To it, you have like a, I like people to think for themselves when they see a show. Yeah, and uh, I don't want it to be a Q and A where people are, you know, um, you know, you know, like they have to ask questions, like what do you think about this? What does this mean? I also think it sometimes turns into a. Um, Sometimes like a bitch fest, being like, if I was running a dead coach show, you know what I would do? Yeah. I knew Steve Deco, and he didn't move his arm the, the left, and you, were, you know, he moved his arm right. And it's <laughs> like, you know, after a while, you kind of get, what's the point? Um, so I kind of left that alone, but I will tell you, there was a lot of talk after the show. Um, there was a lot of talk after the show. That's good, though. Uh, we had a uh, we had a, a name drop or anything, but they came to see the show. They can. I, I had um, who Tom the uh, Tom DeFalco came. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, he came to see the show. Um, he was there. Uh, Dean Haspiel came. Um, if you know Dean, um, Dean Haspiel was um, he did the opening credits for Bored to Death, the, the HBO show, and uh, he actually did a book called The Red Hook that's out for Image right now, and it was amazing. Like it was an amazing book. But he came and he was so supportive of of you know um the, the the play and it was just so real not so really nice uh to have that support of like you know um to, you know to actually sit there yeah uh, we, had, we had some people who kind of knew him one of my um one of the biggest guests i have which not a lot of people may know him was a guy named greg witch i don't know if you know who he is i don't yeah greg is an amazing amazingly crazy jewish man <laughs> i say that as an amazingly crazy Jewish man. <laughs> so, um, Greg is probably the greatest comic artist that people don't know, but he does a lot of, like, ad work and everything. But a funny story about Greg, he was actually the last person, reportedly, to see Steve Ditko alive. Yeah. Um, and wow. um, Greg, Greg is an amazing artist in his own right. Like, if you look at his art, like, why, uh, why is this guy working? Um, he actually did um, work on Spawn number 30, I think it was his first work with uh, Todd McFarlane. Um, you know, and the, he's yeah. been around the industry. The guy after the show, he showed up late to the show, which is really funny. I'll tell you the story because I love Greg. We had never <laughs> met. Believe it or not, we only talked to him on Instagram. And he's telling the theater owner, he's like, oh, my friend's going to come to see. And I never met this guy before in my life. Um, but, you know, he has a, Greg has a certain way about him that if you, you know, if you listen to him, he'll convince you of anything. <laughs> um, but then he was so nice and he was showing me his work. And he was so talented. He's like, let's go out. And so we went out with my friend, my friend Arlen, me, um, Arlen, who's a nut, who did our poster for our co-creator, and uh, one of my friends, um, who's you know just uh, just a stuff in, in New York. He's like a, he does like a, what does he do? He does like um, he does like classes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And um, we're sitting down, and uh, Greg's telling me his stuff. He's telling me about Dicko. He's telling me all these things. 
and it was just amazing, like listening to his stories. And um, then he's like, yeah, let me show you some pictures. And he's like, let me show you some pictures of some stuff I've done. So there he is hanging out with Jim Carrey. He's there with Todd McFarlane hanging out. Jesus. They have videos of them. He's just like hanging out with these guys. Like, yeah, these are, my, you know, these are some of the people, you know. And he has no ego whatsoever about any of this. He's like, yeah, don't, don't share these. I'm like, what am I going to share these to? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually him. He's going up. He's giving Jim keys. He's like, yeah, you know, it's, it, was, it was amazing. It was one of the most amazing things. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, he was the last person. He was friends with Steve Ditko that last, the last year of his life. And he was the last person to go to his, to his uh, apartment and actually see him alive. So, That's um, and he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really kind of, it was really nice and cool. And how, was, did Steve, um, how did Steve Ditko die again? Was it just heart attack? Um, yeah, I think he had a heart, I had a heart attack. It was, um, you know, he was mostly his natural causes. Um, but he died at his drawing table. I mean, like he was still working pretty much to the day he died. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, you know, I mean, he does the, I don't know if I told you the story before, but, um, talking to his family when they were cleaning out his apartment, he opened up the door and he couldn't open up the door and he had to get, got to force it open because it was letters. People were still sending letters to him after he died. They had known he had died. We're still sending letters to him, <laughs> and um, you know, and, and, and now the thing he tried to answer every one of those letters every day, and that was like his. They they, they would think that was his full time job, but that's what he did. Um, so, it was, yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's some of the, some of the coolest. You know, when you do these projects, you, you come across some of the coolest stories, uh, and you also come across some of the coolest um, stuff you wouldn't even believe, and that was one of them that stuck with me. Yeah, I, I think I might have told you this too. One of the things that um, found that, that was really sad was when, you, when I talked to the bank that um, Sticko went to, um, you know, he's always known as being like, a, you know, a curmudgeon, doesn't like to talk to anybody, likes to be an out, you know, like, kind of like being by himself. The bank tellers were all sad when he died. They were all like, he's the nicest guy in the world. Wow. We love him. And this is the, everything that's contrary to what we know of Steve Ditko. And um, he, he really, really likes banks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, it's really strange because, you know, he really does separate his work. And I found, I, I admired this in some regards. He was able to separate his work from who he was. Yeah. And, and he was just a, a delightful human being, basically, when so some people. And, and like, you hear the other stories, he was a grouch. He wouldn't want, he wanted, he was a recluse, you know, and all these things. He's, he's the, you know, the, um, you know, he's a salinger of comics. And it's like, you know, he just wanted a private life. And that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, there's no real mystery behind it. He had his, he had what he liked and that was it. Um, but it was a very has been very it was a very interesting um almost time capsule of my life the last like year and a half like doing the play um i couldn't even, i can't even fathom it like every day something new would come up in discovery and it was just awesome i i'd miss it actually that's just some of the discovery things we've had <laughs> so, <laughs> um but the, the other thing i will tell people that people don't realize we actually played i got a sampling of his um from his computer that he had of all the music he liked and i still have it to this very day and i play it um he had all, this, all the stuff that he listened to while he was drawing in his room i have a, I have a list of all of them that his family gave to me it's actually his can you name um, three of them oh god it's all like sinatra stuff oh okay um, so it's more it's um sinatra glenn miller uh we listened to a lot of glenn miller it's just wonderful like you're thinking about this guy who really just loved this time period and um the thing that I realized after listening to everything and listening, looking at his work and going through things is that the world around him changed, but Steve Ditko did not. And that was what was beautiful about the show. It's like, yeah. you know, he was a man of the time. And uh, I, just, I, just, I miss it. Like, I actually, you know, it's one of those things I'm like, maybe one day I'll go back, but the time, the door is kind of closed in the show almost, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. If someone else wanted to do it, cool. But 
Um, but I'll never forget that, that that year and a half to two years we did this. It was amazing. So, <laughs> so absolutely, yeah, it's, it's beautiful on it. So I would like to say maybe not the, maybe not the last time I speak about it, but uh, it, it's I'll never I'll never experience something quite like that again. <laughs> absolutely. So, and I've had a lot of experiences like that in my life. So, <laughs> so <laughs> very lucky. Anyway, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, that, it's, it's it's amazing. I'm just so glad. Like you know, you you had a sold out show. Um, yep. A lot of amazing guests, people from the comics who knew Steve yeah. Ditko or Stanley, who saw the play and praised yeah. it. Like that's all. That's and, amazing. And, and the, cool, the cool thing was, people still reached out. Like it, it's been, it's been kind of astonishing in some regards. So people that still reach out sometimes. Um, just before the show, I got an email from Roy Thomas. Like I don't know if I ever told you this. Roy Who's Thomas um, sent me an email. <laughs> uh, you don't know Roy Thomas? He wrote a lot of the of comics, and he was. Um, he was he was the guy who took over Stan Lee, um, hmm. like when Stan, he if you don't know Roy Thomas, um, he wrote the Avengers for a while. Like, oh wow! Um, he wrote the Crisco War basically. Okay, um, I was always that. a DC guy mostly, so I think yeah, that's one reason why I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah. So Roy Thomas was unbelievable. Like as far as he sent me a nice Roy. Roy's a classic figure, um, but he does he actually does Alter Ego magazine. Um, hmm. He was he's he's just an astonishing guy who just said, you know, he's older. He's like, look, I really, but he reached out to me, which was really like weird. It's like, I've yeah. known this guy since I was three. So um, that's happened quite a lot lately, actually. I've known people, some of my heroes and I've either come across them interviewing wise, or I've been, um, or I've just come across them because of a play I'm doing basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's been, it's been good. It's been interesting. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, man. It's like, you know, you, you've named my pro when this is over, I will tell you a, a really free, a really freaky story that happened to me on. Uh, on I don't want to tell them to over the okay. over the yeah. thing, but you'll enjoy it. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Alrighty, um, and then um, I, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Well, let's let's talk sure. about the the play that's that's being made right now, the one about the oh comic book burning. Um, um, it's seduction. It's the seduction of the innocent. Do you yeah. know the story of that or word uh, We we so talked we talked about been... it on, on the last bonus episode, but I mean, I would love for you to yeah, yeah if you want to talk about it again. Sure, sure. Basically, so back in the 1950s, um, Frederick Wortham was a gentleman, well, back in the 40s and 50s, I should say, uh, he, had, he had a crusade against comic books, basically. And his crusade against comic books um, basically got all of America involved to the point where they went to court and they legislated it. Um, you know, they put together the comic code. Now, this may not seem like a huge thing, but you have to realize that a lot of the horror comics, people lost their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he caused a, a scare, almost like a, as big as I would even say, like the um, when he had the uh, Congress committees, uh, to, you know, yeah. to find out, um, you know, back in the fifties too. This was like the next big thing. He caused a hysteria, and uh, he gets an entire nation worked up. Um, I even have pictures too. I'm going to be showing in the show where people were throwing, were going to schoolyards uh, and burning comic books in their schoolyards. Like kids, six feet tall. Yeah, I don't know if you ever knew this or not, but comic books, you know, nowadays, like. The most, you know, the people are like, well, you know, what's the most best-selling comic of all time? There was like X-Men number one. That's what they point to, right? Like X-Men number one. Or they point to like X-Force or whatever. It's one of those. Um, but the back in the 40s and 50s, a regular Superman comic sold a million comic, uh, uh, copies, believe it or not. Wow. You would never believe that. But uh, but he stopped all that. He almost destroyed the entire industry. And, um, what a monster. His, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. That's what's interesting about the show is that he, he's um, he you know Frederick Wortham comes off as a monster in some regards. However, before all this, Frederick Wortham, believe it or not, actually um, was one of the people who 
New York City before all this happened, who basically made breakthroughs in uh, in in helping out poor and fortunate people. And so he basically in the forties he helped out people that they um, people of color, people you know people of of, of this, uh, ethnicity, ethnic you know ethnic or otherwise. In the underprivileged, he was the guy who people would have died without him. Wow. And then it was and so you're like wow this guy's done a lot of good then. All of a sudden, he became an opportunist. And why does he become an opportunist? And I was supposed to play kind of answers. Um, the crazy thing was, so his book basically destroyed the entire, it gutted the entire comic book industry uh, for years. And um, even as far as, as far as like when we were growing up, um, you always remember the comic code, right? The comic code steals the yep. civil approval comic code. That was in effect to 2011. Yes. Um, but people don't realize, you know, so, you know, you know where the office was for the comics code? Did I ever tell you this? It was in D.C., wasn't it? Nope. <laughs> you would think that. So as time went on, as time went on, um, the comics code, where they stamped the book and everything, where Marvel submitted it, the office kind of went down lower and lower, basically. Until 2011, the reason why they closed the comics code, because a woman was running it outside of her house. She would take books and she would just stamp them. This is as far back as like not even like no like eight years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even joking. You like the comic books that came from Marvel and DC. She would be there, go in her kitchen and stamp them basically, and give them the code or not the code. Not even joking because there was no more employees, and this is what was paid by the state. She had like the last job to do this. Nobody was looking. That's what ends up happening a lot of times in comics is that nobody's looking. So. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody pays attention, but she was, she was stamping in her house. Like she'd be doing her, her ironing and then go over to the table and like, look at some comics and do some work. <laughs> that was literally what was going on all the That's time. Insane. And she had the power to pass these books or, you know, pass them or not. And that was, but that is what, even as far as like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, you're looking at what it is. Remember when a new 52 happens, maybe a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That that's how close that the comic store was still in effect. <laughs> As you can imagine, that this woman you get in the new fifty-two books and she's sitting there going blink, blink, blink like that. I mean, it's insane, but it's, it's amazing. So, yeah. I want to play about her next. Is, is that possible? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I only have actually. It's funny. People ask me like, what's next for the play. I can kind of tell you. Um. So what's going to happen after we do uh, the Warden play? Uh, for New York Comic Con next year, I've already got a theater all set to go and everything. Where I'm actually rewriting and redoing the Bill Finger play, actually. Oh, perfect! Uh, yeah, we yeah, were talking yeah, about yeah. that in the last bonus episode. Yeah, yeah. So I want to bring that back. I I feel like I think I'm going to tell you. I feel like the first time around, I failed in some regards. So what I wanted to do, and I want to do it right. Yeah. So I don't. More information arose. You you have yeah. you had more time to sit on it. Yeah, it makes yeah, perfect I have, I have sense. A really, I have a really good thing going so it's gonna that's gonna happen for new york comic-con 2020 yeah and the only other comic book play that i really want to write i'll be honest with you i have my obsession for years was was and i know the guy too is uh kevin eastman and uh peter larrett for the turtles i would love to do a play about that and i that would be the funniest because it's so funny them and selling their big ass comic books at a small convention (laughs) oh my god it's amazing like like because that's what they did. They um, The very first comic they didn't think would take off, they were cooking lobsters in Maine. That's yeah. what they did all summer, and they, they, were, they had like 100 copies of the book, and they were like... And it was like <laughs> three foot, three feet tall. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, But they were like big, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that freaking cartoon hit, and it was all over. But yeah, so that's kind of the plans. 
uh, for right now, and I'm doing a play in the spring about gun violence, and that's kind of my wow. plan for the next year. So, um, yeah, it's been it's going to be interesting coming up too because I really I have a different script that I want to write for the the Bill Finger one, and it's already in, kind of in progress. So, yeah. I think it, I think it'll be much much more interesting. So we will see it. We'll we'll see it next year. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, so. I'll be hopefully I'll be there. I'll be able to trek over there. So yeah. If you come to New York Comic Con, I will I will seriously take you out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will... our plan is to be there at New York Comic Con this year. So, are you really? Yes. That's great. Have That's unnecessary awesome, debates man. there. Have you on there? And yeah. <laughs> you say the word, dude. If you're in New York Comic Con, I would like. To, what ends up happening for me at New York Comic Con? I go for one day. I have a four day pass, and I don't stay because there's nothing to do. <laughs> like... Well, I'll try to have you on a panel. How about that? <laughs> I would I would be honored anyway. So. Perfect. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on. I'm so excited for you, and I'm so happy, and I can't wait for your next play. When is it? When does it come out? Um, the well, the Seduction of the Innocent opens in Rhode Island on November 14th. All right, uh, and it goes until the 23rd. Perfect for Thanksgiving. So yeah. a little time before. <laughs> Burn comics and, and 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 see family. All righty. Exactly. Thank you so much, Lenny, for well, being thank on. Thank you, sir. Lenny Schwartz, yeah. you guys. If you want oh, more information, it's, it's in the article. I love you, buddy. You're 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 amazing. I love you too, man. And uh, thanks for listening in. You can check out all of our shows and offerings on our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, or you can subscribe and review and do all the other stuff on Google Podcasts, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the stuff. And Lenny, where can they find more information about you? Uh, we, can go, we can go to www.theriseplayhouse.org. Um, that's if I'm on the board of them, and they'll see find out all my stuff about Daydream in there. You just Google my name, Lenny Schwartz. I'll come up. You'll come up with some really interesting <laughs> things too. Um, go to my IMBD page. You'll be like, "Oh my God, he wrote that." Anyway, so, um, yep. Go to IMBD like immediately, and you'll be like, "Holy crap, no!" <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the other stuff. The music has been provided by Midnight Shinigami. And uh, yeah, so come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG. Thanks so much, Lenny. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Always a pleasure.